Our reading this evening is 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word. But by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Christ's sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke, we also believe and so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus, and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For the first three chapters of 2 Corinthians, Paul is explaining himself to the Corinthians. He's explaining his odd behavior to them how he was a minister to them of the gospel, and he was proclaiming the truth, but then there were these moments when they began to doubt him. For instance, when he said he was going to come and visit them, and then his plans changed. He didn't make the visit because he didn't want another painful interaction with them. But just because he changed his plans, that doesn't mean that Paul is unreliable. Instead, Paul says, I am speaking plainly to you. I don't have to hide anything from you. My heart is wide open to you, dear Corinthians. You can trust not me, but the message that I'm proclaiming because it is the gospel of God. It's the ministry of life. That's what he said last week. A ministry of life, which is contrasted with the ministry of death. The Ten Commandments that Moses was given on the mountain, in which when he received them, his face had to be veiled because the glory was too much for the people. Not so any longer. The glory of God has been revealed in Christ Jesus, and Paul says, We with unveiled faces see one another and see God 
face to face. That ministry is what Paul is bringing to the Corinthians. And on account of that ministry, he says, we do not lose heart. Now, why? Why would Paul have to say that we do not lose heart? Why might an apostle lose heart? Well, it could be very plain, could be very simple. Something as ordinary as he preaches his message and people don't believe it. He proclaims the gospel of forgiveness and freedom and life in Christ Jesus and people reject it. Or as he said last week and the week before, he becomes a stench to those who are hearing the gospel. They reject him, they hate him, or like so many of the cities that Paul visited, they drive him out or try to kill him. They hate it. And that would be a reason to lose heart. But Paul said to the Corinthians a few weeks ago, he said, we are not peddlers of the gospel. We're not selling something. Now, if you're selling something, you have good reason to lose heart if there's no one who is buying. So if you're a vacuum salesman and you go from door to door and at every door, the person inside that house says, no, I don't want a vacuum, and they slam the door in your face and then the next time they see you coming, they take off running in the other direction, you would have reason to lose heart because your livelihood depends on selling vacuums. If you're a peddler of something, then being rejected is the worst thing imaginable. A good reason to lose heart. Is that how it is with the gospel? Is that how it is for Paul? Does he need them to believe? Does he need them to buy what he's selling? In fact, he does not. And if they don't think, if they don't believe what he's preaching to them, and they think poorly of him on account of that, does that really change anything? Of course, if you're a vacuum salesman and and they think the worst of you because you're a vacuum salesman, that's the end of your life altogether. Not only is your business ruined and your reputation destroyed, but that's not how it is for the gospel, for a preacher of the gospel like Paul. If they don't believe and if they think poorly of him, what difference does it make? Now, if Paul were to lose heart when people reject the gospel, if Paul were to lose heart, then it would be very tempting to turn to disgraceful and underhanded ways. So again, think of a vacuum salesman. If people aren't buying your vacuum cleaners, what are you going to do? You're going to come up with tactics and techniques and ways to manipulate people and marketing and sales pitches, strategies. You're going to adjust the pricing. You know how you, you price something at $49.99 so it doesn't feel like they're actually paying $50. So you, you paint things in bright colors that make people want to buy it. Or you get celebrities to vouch for what you're selling. Or I heard once about how on the subway in Japan, they would spray the smell of coffee into the subway cars so that when people got off of the subway, they knew that they needed to go and get a cup of coffee right away. Disgraceful, underhanded ways to sell something. Manipulation. That's what you do if you lose heart as a salesman. But that's not how it is for the gospel. There's no need to use disgraceful, underhanded ways because Paul's not selling anything. He's proclaiming freedom and life and what difference does it make to him if they reject it? It's still true. There's no need, as so many are tempted to do, there's no need to tame the gospel 
to excuse it, to take God's word and take the edge off of it. There's no need to sort of run interference for Jesus, to make him seem more palatable. We are so tempted to do that because as churches, as pastors, as Christians, we often feel like we are selling something. And so when you think about people in your life who need to hear the gospel, how often do you think, how can I make this more palatable? What strategy can I use? What tactics can I employ? So that they won't reject my message and so that they won't reject me, disgraceful, underhanded ways. How can I add a spoonful of sugar to make this medicine go down? Paul says, no, that's not how the gospel works. The gospel is not made any less if people reject it. Christ is not made any less if people reject him. I don't lose heart because that's not how it is with the gospel. It might make us sad. It made Paul sad that people would not listen, but it did not make him lose heart. When they rejected the gospel, it did not take one thing away from the gospel. In fact, Paul says, I know exactly why they do not believe. It's because the God of this world, the dark powers of this world have blinded them. They've veiled their faces so that they can't see the light that is the glory of Christ. I know why they don't believe. It's not because there's something wrong with the gospel, but it's because the devil is hard at work. And so why would I lose heart? The message is true. The message is good. It's not like sales. Instead, it's much more like this. So you have an apple tree in your yard, and there's more apples on that tree than you can eat. And so you go around and you say, folks, I've got all kinds of apples. I'd like you to come and share in my apples. The fruit is ripe. It's really good fruit. And I have more than I need. And I know that you'll love it. And if somebody says, that's disgusting. I hate apples. Does that really change anything? It doesn't change anything about the goodness of that tree or the goodness of that fruit. It might make you sad that there are going to be some apples lying on the ground that don't get eaten. But still, the fruit is good and the tree is good and you can rejoice. Why would you lose heart over that? I'm sorry that you didn't get to enjoy this bounteous fruit. But I know how good it is. I know how precious it is. I know how true the gospel is. I know how much it has saved me from. I know how much hope it has given me in the face of sin and death. I know how it has rescued me and how it gives me life day after day. Listen to what Paul says. We are being renewed day by day through the gospel. And so we do not lose heart. I'm not proclaiming myself, Paul says. If you're proclaiming yourself, then you would have reason to lose heart. Because when they reject the message, they're rejecting you. Then it's personal. Then this is about you. Or if I think when I'm offering the gospel, they're deciding for or against me, then I would have reason to lose heart. But I'm not proclaiming myself. Christians are not proclaiming themselves. When they share the good news with others around them, they are proclaiming Christ and Christ alone. In fact, what does Paul's self proclaim as he preaches the gospel? Listen to the, the accolades he gives about himself. We are afflicted. We are perplexed. We are persecuted. We are struck down. Not much to lay claim for in himself. Not much to proclaim about himself. Death is at work in him. He's always being given over to death. If that's what he was proclaiming, what they can see in him, then that's no good at all. Instead, he's proclaiming Christ. In fact, Paul says, when they can see in me affliction and suffering and persecution, when they can see death in my flesh, then they must know that it is the surpassing power of God 
that is at work here. It's not because I'm so good, not because I'm so powerful, not because I can change lives, Paul says, but it's because God has done it. It's because God has done it in the gospel, which shows that all of the things Paul suffers, that everything everyone undergoes in this life is just a light, momentary affliction in comparison with the eternal weight of glory that is on offer in Christ Jesus. A permanent glory, not something that is fading away, not something that is passing, but something that will last forever. That's what Paul is proclaiming, and so he does not lose heart. Why would he? Christ died for him. Christ was raised for him. Christ has given his life to Paul. Paul carries Christ with him wherever he goes. Paul is being renewed day after day. You are being renewed day after day, and so do not lose heart. But let this light shine before others. This is the model, really, Paul's model here for evangelism. An open statement to the truth. The hope that I have in Christ Jesus, take it or leave it. I don't need you to believe it, but I wish you would. Praise God if you do, but none of it, none of it can cause me to lose heart. Because Christ is living, and he will not let me be put to shame. The living and abiding word of God is the best thing that we have. Paul holds fast to it. And here in 2 Corinthians, he's explaining to the Corinthians his perplexing behavior. God grant that we would also live in such a perplexing way. That people would look at us and wonder, why are you so confident? Why are you so hopeful? Why do you not lose heart when people make mockery of you, when they put you to shame, when they think that you're a fool? Why don't you lose heart? Let it be those opportunities that we seize to declare the goodness of God, the surpassing power of God, and the life that he has given us in Christ Jesus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.